Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Good day. Rob Black. Rob Black and your money. Big event coming up right around the corner. Thursday, July 11th, Palo Alto Elks Lodge Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar. I'm 30 years into my job, so I've got maybe 5, 10, 15 years left, and then the income won't be coming in. I'm going to have to live off what I've saved. Uh, I'm going to have to have my portfolio work for me. I'm going to have to figure this all out and minimize taxes. This is the event for me. I don't know if it's the event for you, but it's the event for me. Uh, You can sign up by going to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. And use the code radio25 if you've never been to an event. Now, at the event, I use an expert, CFP Chad Burton, to kind of walk us through everything that we need to know. Um, you and I have been following each other, Chad, for 20 plus years. Uh, it's it's got to be greater than that now, but we've had listeners for 20 plus years too, because I instantly was attracted to your CFP stylings. Um, got an email that I'll read real quick. Hi, Robin Chad. I follow your podcast and love your approach. I've been following you since 2002 when we used to live in the Bay Area. We moved to Seattle, but I'm still connected to your podcast. few questions. I work as an independent software consultant on a 1099. I think it's pretty common these days, 1099s. Number one, always find it a challenge to find good medical insurance. End up paying hefty premiums upward of $1,600 a month and again, flip all the bills myself. Is there a group I could join for independent consultants on a 1099? Where could I get better rates? Let's start with that one, Chad. How are you doing, by the way? Doing well. Thank you. Do you want to start with that one, or so, should I do all three questions? Uh, yeah, no, we can go ahead and start with the 1099. And it, it's actually a good, I don't know, kind of a, a learning point for people that are going to go start a business or become self-employed. I always say that if you're going to switch from working for somebody to go self-employed, you need to make 130% more Okay. Um, or 30, 30% more so than what you're making now because right now when you look at your paycheck, there's this thing called FICA, and you pay half, your employer pays half. And then there's different benefits like disability insurance and the health care insurance that might pay for you, and you have to cover your family. But typically, in order to break even, you have to make about 30% more as a, you know, as a business owner than when you were working for somebody else just to break even on the cost. And he sees it right here. And he worked, went from California to Washington, and Rob, Washington is notorious for horrible health insurance options right now. Really, really tough in the state of Washington. A lot of the companies that even offer individual health insurance coverage just kind of left the state because it's so bad. Um, so he is on the right track to look for an association that he can join. Maybe he's an engineer, um, whatever it may be. I noticed the uh, Washington site. We've got a, obviously a Washington office in Vancouver, Washington. Um, but the state of Washington has a, a web page that he can Google on different associations that he might be able to reach. Um, $1,600 a month for probably as a family, a couple of kids, that sounds pretty common um, for a decent health insurance coverage. So 
1099, all that means is that when you get paid as a consultant on 1099, there's no benefits and there's no health insurance coverage. There's no retirement plan. You have to set that all up yourself. So, yeah, we can just go through a couple of other questions, but it's great. He's been following us since 2002. It's pretty nuts. Um, liability insurance. Um, as a 1099 person, you don't want to make mistakes. He's asking, would you suggest this product? Who are better players? Is it worth it? How should I evaluate? Getting sued is never a good thing. So liability insurance, yes or no? Well, first of all, as a business owner, yes. There's a couple of things that you need that's really, really important as a business owner. Disability insurance. Um, liability insurance depends on what you do. I mean, is there a chance that you could do something wrong and somebody could be hurt by what you do? If that's the case, then, yeah, look at liability insurance. You should also look at umbrella coverage because that's super cheap. That covers you and your house or your car if something bad happens and it goes over your policy limits. So most people, let's say in the state of Washington, the minimum coverage, I think, is 100 300 on their auto policies where if you get into a car wreck, each person is covered to up to 100000 that you injure. The total event, your total coverage would be 300000 So that, that's the 100 300 So if something really bad happens, like we talk about, we joke about, you know, you leave a uh, – pull out of a parking lot and you hit a van full of attorneys leaving a – conference or something like that, and you get sued. If you go over the $300,000 limit, then the umbrella policy kicks in, and you can get a million bucks for typically around 300, 350 bucks a year. So in terms of better players on this, I'm a big fan of really good service when it comes to your overall coverage for insurance. Both you and I use USAA, great company. Um, and they can look at everything. So a good insurance agent that can look at your home, your auto, your business, and wrap everything into one, usually you get better discounts, better service, and a better coordinated coverage so you're not overpaying one company for a specific type of coverage. So I would say find an insurance agent you really like. If your military family members call USAA, see what they have to offer, and then just ask some friends for referrals to a good auto home life, and they'll usually be able to steer you in the direction of business liability insurance as well. One of the companies I use also for insurance is Geico. I use USAA, right. and when I, when they don't cover it, Geico does. And it was good enough for Warren Buffett to buy into. I don't have an insurance agent. I lose on that, but I have a call center that keeps my costs low. Anyhow, let's move on to question number three from Rural. He says, will and trust. An attorney quoted upwards of $3,500 for a will trust. I see online packages are aiming at accomplishing in the hundreds. My situation is simple, no special nuances. Is there a better financial choice you would suggest? Is $3,500 reasonable for a will and trust? And again, he's an independent contractor in the uh, Seattle area. Yeah, yeah. And now here's the big difference. So it's interesting because if he was back in, the, in California, um, the trust is extremely important. So what a trust does, it doesn't save on taxes or anything else like, uh, like that. What a trust does is it saves your family probate costs if anything happens. So if you pass away in the state of California, your estate goes through probate. It doesn't even matter what you owe on your home. They look at the gross value of your estate, and those are what the charges are based on by an attorney. So it can get very expensive to probate your estate in the state of California. A living trust helps bypass the probate process, and typically for every dollar you spend on a trust in the state of California, you're going to save three to five bucks in probate costs to settle your estate. 
So it, it has to do with settling your estate. You're not even going to be around, so you've got to figure out, do you care about it or not? Typically, most people do. Um, in the state of Washington, probate is very simple and very inexpensive. Right. So you don't in California, it's not. Use, Right. And so in the state of Washington, you don't necessarily need a living trust. Okay. You, you can get everything you want accomplished by wills. So, for example... Um, I could have a will in the state of Washington that creates different trusts when I die for my kids if I want to protect the money, but I don't necessarily need a trust. So I would say, you know, 3500 to 4500 bucks is the typical cost in California to do a trust, which includes a, a trust, a will, a health care directive, a power of attorney, all the other things that you need if you become incapacitated while you're alive and you're, you know, older in life. Um, but in the state of Washington, you really could be fine with a will, trust, power of attorney, health care directive. Uh, with, you don't need the trust, necessarily. Your will could create whatever trust you need. So Good information. A on the high side. Good information. We have a seminar coming up July 11th, Thursday evening, 630 to 830, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Easy parking. That's the best part about it. Registration is $25. It's about choosing the right accounts to draw from first. Good and bad retirement products, social security strategies. Good article in the USA Today recently about people are leaving trillions of dollars in taking Social Security too early. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I was listening to... Rick Edelman recently, and his show has changed a lot in the last 20-plus years. It's worthy of note. Um, one of the things he did well, though, and now it shows like a really, really big commercial for his services, and he's like, hey, there's always going to be a, a leaky roof. There's always going to be a flat tire. There's always going to be ways to spend your money, but you got to save. And he, he's a pretty big proponent on that, and I am too, and CFP Chad Burton is as well. So we're going to do an event called Retirement Income and Tax Planning. It's going to be Thursday, July 11, 630 to 830 at the Palo Alto's Elks Lodge. Use the code RADIO25 at newfocusfinancial.com to get in for free if you've never been to an event. Learn more about the event there. Get some downloadables about retirement. Chad, before we go into another email, listening to Rick Edelman, it was it was kind of painful because he used to give a lot of great advice like you do. But now he's like, hey, if you don't want to do a retirement plan, we'll do it for you. If you don't want to save, we'll do it for you. We'll do your paperwork. We'll do your taxes. Like, It was a little bit different, but he is on to something. You do have to have a plan for age 60 to 100, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, the thing is, is that most people don't want to do it, Rob. They want to you know, do their job, what they're good at, and then they want to go enjoy life on the side. And so I would say the majority of the population doesn't like to think about investing and what to invest in and paying taxes and how to pay less taxes. And it's just not fun for them where for you and I, we kind of live and breathe it and really enjoy it. I use you to teach me a lot. And every now and then you're like, Rob, you said something wrong. I'm like, tell me, I want to know. So anyway, um, let's get to email number two and they can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm a self-employed contract engineer. I get paid via 1099. Chad mentioned a SEP IRA is not typically the best choice, but that's what my CPA has always had me go fund. What's a better option? Now, Chad, what is a SEP and what are his options? Sure. Okay. So if you're self-employed, you're typically it's you know just you and yourself. And this could be actually a business owner that's themselves and a spouse, right? Okay. Um, if you're self-employed and you get paid by 1099, that's the key because a lot of people got switched in the state of California because of labor laws to a W-2. 
Uh-huh. If you're a 1099, you're, you could be getting 1099s from multiple places because you're doing contract work. And that all flows into one spot on your tax return, and it's typically just a Schedule C, and you pay taxes on your net income, which is your income minus your expenses. You pay taxes on that, plus you pay both half of the FICA tax. So you're you're kind of getting double hit there versus somebody that's working for somebody else. So just like I said in the last segment, if you're going to go self-employed, you need to make about 30% more to cover that tax plus benefits. So let's talk about the benefits that he's talking about right now. That's, that's a retirement plan. You've got to put your own retirement plan in place. And typically, most CPAs will tell somebody to do a SEP IRA. And the reason why is because the SEP IRA is the only thing that a business owner can do for the previous year. So if you get through 2019, for example, you go see your CPA in in February or March, and they say, well, you need a tax deduction for last year. Why don't you fund a SEP IRA? It's the only thing you can kind of do retroactively. All other plans you need to have set up in in the beginning of the year. So SEP IRA, um, if you're self-employed, just filing Schedule C, it'll allow you to get almost 19% away of your net business income pre-tax. So it's like a, a, a super large IRA where you can put a lot of your money that you made in pre-tax into an account and get a deduction and invest it in anything you want. So that's, that's the choice that most CPAs will look at. If you do some planning and you're always looking forward, you could set up an individual 401k. And an individual 401k is always better because it always has more options. You can do that step contribution Plus, you can do a salary deferral like other people that have a 401k plan and get even more of a tax break. And because it's an individual 401k, you can do the SEP contribution, which is a profit sharing. And the other portion, just like you, Rob, can put in you know, 19000 into a 401k or 25000 if you're going to be 50 or older, you can do that on top of it. And so you could do, if you're making, let's say, $150,000 a year, you could put in you know, I don't know, somewhere around 27000 almost 28000 pre-tax in a SEP contribution. You could do a deferral of 19000 on top of that that could go either pre-tax if you need a deduction, or you could put it into the Roth side of the individual 401k, forego the deduction there, and let that grow tax-free for the rest of your life. So I always talk about the individual 401k. It's like the SEP IRA on steroids. You can get okay. exactly what you can out of the SEP with a lot more options. And that's for independent contractors, 1099ers. Yep. Yeah, any self-employed person that that, uh, that really doesn't have any other employees. Can I ask a stupid question? Can he sure. call Fidelity, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade? Who does he call? Because the CPA just gives him some generic advice. He's not going to actually set up the account for him. Who would you call if you were a 1099er? Well, I, I use TD Ameritrade. That's where... I custody clients' assets, so it's their accounts at TD Ameritrade, and we just manage it and trade on their account. Um, so I love TD Ameritrade. Um, Schwab would be another option. They all have what's called boilerplate individual 401k plans, where you can set them up for free. It doesn't even cost you any money. You do need to work with your tax advisor to make sure you know how to fund it, when to fund it. Um, and then... If you really want to go you know, above and beyond these individual boilerplate 401ks for yeah. that Fidelity and TD and everybody else offer, you can yeah. do a mega Roth 401k on top of that. And I like, it, I like the name of that, mega Roth. What's a mega Roth? 
So a mega Roth is when you there's a there's a couple of limits that people need to think about when it comes to 401k plans. And let's just go with uh, let's let's just go with a Microsoft employee first, okay? So in a, with a Microsoft employee, there are several different types of money that can go into a 401k plan. There's your employer match or profit share. There's your salary deferral, and then there's some after-tax contributions. So there's actually different types of funding sources that can go in. Now your salary deferral is limited to either nineteen thousand or 25000 if you're going to be 50 year older at the end of the year. And then you have your employer match on top of that. But the entire amount that can go into the plan by the end of the year is $56,000 or 62 yep. if you're going to be 50 year older. So plans like Microsoft and Cisco and Apple, you can now put your salary deferral, the employer match, plus you can put an after-tax contribution into your 401k plan to max out that $56,000 limit or 62 if you're over 50, and that after-tax contribution can be immediately converted into the Roth, IR, the Roth 401k account so it grows tax-free forever inside your plan. So we have people putting in you know, 15, 20, 30,000 a year into the Roth side of their 401k now. And so, I mean, if you can imagine that, having a, that giant tax-free account you're always adding to, and by the time you retire, you've got this huge tax-free account that you can draw on, you could have six-figure income easily and pay very little taxes in retirement. Big event coming up July 11th. Thanks, Chad. Uh, people can meet you. Retirement income and tax planning Thursday, July 11, 630 to 830 p.m. Get there early. It's always good to chit chat before an event. It's easy parking. It's very, very convenient. It's probably our easiest place to get to. Registration is $25. Retirement planning is complicated. A lot of the content Chad's saying you really have to absorb two or three times. And like he said, you probably don't want to do it on your own. So you can show up to the event at go to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio25 under the events page. You'll figure it out. Um, Rob Black, that's CFP Chad Burton, and it's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Always try to mix music with a little bit of infotainment with a lot of content to keep you motivated and excited about saving for retirement because I'm a little surprised at how little people have. And I think uh, retirement's going to be pretty ugly for a lot of people. CFP Chad Burton can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. When you're there, if you hit the events page, you can sign up for the event coming up on July 11th, Thursday, 630 to 830. But even right next to that button is the CFP Chad Burton podcast. Um, and you could just tap it and you're, magically you're there. Boom, which is kind of nice. Uh, I've got Chad online with me right now. I want to move into a slightly different direction, Chad. Let's talk about mistakes. The other day, you were talking about a major mistake people make with 401ks, including going to cash, stopping contributions, um, bad combination, it sounds like. What happens if people stop contributing because they're either scared or they want to you know, have a little bit more money to pay bills or a little bit more money to buy a house? What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, th yeah the biggest one that... That this one has alerted me to, oh my gosh, yeah, people are are doing this sometimes, and it seems like they do it almost every four years when somebody's elected or something major happens. So there's two different major mistakes that happen inside of a 401k, besides the not putting in at all in the beginning and just waiting and waiting to save. It's people that go to cash because they're scared of a market event. And 
almost all of them drastically regret it. There's a lot of people that went to cash when Trump was elected. There's a lot of people that went to cash when Obama was elected, when Bush was elected. It doesn't matter. There's always one side. They get scared. They're going to ruin the economy. They're going to go to cash. They forget the fact that these giant corporations that have more than 50% of their revenue from overseas now can figure out how to navigate political systems and tax laws and everything else and continue to sell goods and services around the world. And they forget that. They think one person is going to just ruin everything. So they miss out on major market returns. And everybody has to remember that as soon as you go to cash and you get scared, you're missing out on dividends and interests. And they have to look a couple pages back in their 401k plan and see that their stock mutual funds, the mutual funds that hold stocks in it, still pay dividends. And those dividends are constantly being reinvested to buy more shares. So when you're younger and the market dips, it's okay because you're putting money in and your dividends are buying more shares cheaper than you were buying them before. As soon as you go to cash, you lose out on all those dividends, which is typically about 2% return per year. You're never going to get that back, and you're never going to time both the out and the in right. So it's a horrible mistake. And then, you know, even if you go to cash and then you put money into your 401k, there's people that even just stop putting money into the 401k altogether because they either, one, get scared, or two, they're, they're like, I need to buy a house, so I, didn't, I don't have enough money to put down, so I need to stop putting money into my 401k so I can now. buy this house because my, how often do you see, hey, my, my house is my best investment, right, Rob? I've heard that very, very often. <laughs> right, and then, then you have to think about the property taxes, the maintenance, all the stuff that you have to put into it just to keep it running properly. Right. A house is not an investment unless you're going to sell it and live off of it. Your house is your biggest liability until you sell it and live off of it, which most people don't. They live in it forever, and then they die. So there's no way that your house is going to beat the stocks in your 401k. Because let's say you're putting in 10% of pay into your 401k, and your employer's putting in a 4% match. So okay. essentially, you know, you're getting 14% that's going in. So if you put in 100 bucks pre-tax, and you're actually getting, you know, 114 that's actually going into the plan because of the match, and then all of a sudden you stop putting money in because some guy with funny hair gets elected president or something like that. Instead of putting that 100 bucks in pre-tax and having 114 go, 104 go in because of the match, you now have 80 cents that you're taking home because you're going to pay taxes on that 100 bucks and you're only going to have the rest to bring home. So 80 bucks, I think I said 80 cents. So all of a sudden, Rob, what are you going to invest that 80 bucks in to make sure that it equals what was going to go into the 401k with your employer match? you'd need like a 40 to 60% rate of return on your take-home pay just to equal the amount of money that went into the 401k after you put your money in, avoided taxes on it, plus got the employer match. There's nothing that you're going to invest in that's going to make up and then keep up with the stocks that you invested in your 401k. Because you have Uncle Sam's money earning interest for you, and you have that free money, that match. So people have to stop doing that. What do you think, though, about the excuse of like, you're talking about we're in a good market right now. We're in a healthy market. We're in an up market. We're hitting all-time highs. What about the years when you're down 10 20% and people start getting irrational because like, they don't want it to go to zero, which very rarely, never has it ever happened as the stock market gone to zero, but that's people's mentality. They want to stop the bleeding. Um, that has to be just as bad as going to cash, um, you know, thinking that it's going to go to zero and, and freaking yourself out, psychologically getting kind of bent out of shape, so to speak. 
the more people have to teach themselves the more scared they are to invest because of what everybody else is saying that's okay. the more and more prime opportunity is to get good bargains on stocks for you to teach yourself when other people are scared that's when you should be buying that's when you can yep. become Warren Buffett by patiently adding into companies where right now they're oversold because everybody's talking about some fear factor in the market and that's when buying opportunities happen so if you're you know, under 50 years old, and you see market dips 10, 15, 20%, which happens every, you know, five to seven years at a minimum, those are the best buying opportunities for the next five to 10 years. So what you should you do? Should you go to cash? No, you should be actually, well, maybe I should up my 401k this month. Maybe I should pre-fund my Roth IRA for the year. Maybe I should get anything I can into the market on this dip, because usually some event, whether it's some sort of a war, a change in leadership, whatever it may be, those are typically amazing buying opportunities if you can wait out the you know one to three years that it takes to pan out. That's a tough thing, dude, because uh, I could tell you... I can tell you the the guy who's made me the most money on Wall Street, and I say it almost jokingly, is um, Saddam Hussein. Um, every time he would invade another country, every time he would get the United States rattled up, the market would sell off, oil would spike, and it, it wasn't even a market correction. It was like a market flash correction. It was super fast and over. But I, I have a sense of humor about it. Like I'm almost like I wanted people to dig him up and reanimate him, so to speak. Um, it's tough. It's a tough sell for you and me, Chad, to tell people like when the market's down, that's the best buying opportunity. But 2008 was awesome. 2001, 2002 was an awesome buying opportunity, and you could get better than market returns and investing in down markets. And I'm not saying buy stocks. I'm I'm just saying max out the 401k with those down markets. Thoughts? Yeah, you got to get that free money. I mean, it's such a mistake to wait to save, but especially when you have free money option. I'm a big fan of the automatic sign up for 401ks, where it kind of you have to, you know, opt out to be stupid, in my opinion, where if you sign up with an employer, you're automatically going to contribute 4% of pay so that they can give you a match, or 6% of pay so they can give you a match. And that automatically happens. You have to fill something out to opt out of it. And basically, it's a form that says, I want to be broke in retirement. You know what I mean? It's, it's, sure. You've got to get that free money. And people are jumping into buying houses again that they can't really afford, where they're having to stop putting money into their 401k just to get into a home that's going to stretch their budget, make them pay property taxes that they might not be able to afford, cause stress in their marriage and everything else, where add to your 401k for a few more years and wait a couple more years and save up a larger down payment so it's not such a stress to get into a home. I'm a big fan of real estate, but you got to take the steps the right way. I hear you on that. Um, people can go to your website to sign up for the event, um, the event being July 11th, Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar, 630 to 830, Elks Lodge, super easy to get to, super easy parking. Um, this is complicated stuff for a lot of people. They don't take the time to do it, but it's probably the single most important thing, financially speaking, you could start thinking about is income in retirement. And you know that's either through taxes or through distribution strategies. What else are you going to be talking about at this event? We've got about two minutes. Well, you know, we, we, we're talking about, you know, the big market sell-offs or big buying opportunities when you're younger and you teach yourself and when everybody else is scared, that's when you try to add more, pre-fund your Roth. Well, once you retire, your your assets are your assets, right? You have to, you, you don't really necessarily have money to buy because you're living off of your portfolio. So your strategy does change a little bit. And people's risk tolerance can drastically change, Rob, when you go from somebody that was really aggressive because they love the market, the dips didn't scare them, they bought on the dips, and they continue to add and add and add, then they get to retirement and they're 
watching this one resource that has to last 35 years, you have to have a different plan to get through bad markets. The market's going to treat you really well over time. 70% of the time, the market's positive. It's probably going to average still 10 11% over the next 50-plus years. Um, but you have to make sure you have a plan to not sell, have to sell in a down market. And people are forced to sell either by, I need to put food on the table because I'm retired, or I get scared. So as long as you have a plan in place with enough safe money, enough dividends and interest, and a plan for rebalancing and peeling off the growth in those 70% of times when the market's good, you'll be just fine. But if you go into retirement without a plan, you're going to be scared, your risk tolerance is going to drop, and you're, you may not spend money at all. Yeah, and I want my retirement years not to be talking about taxes and income. I want you to do that for me. I want to focus on the kids, the grandkids. Getting the last couple of years of my life uh, high quality, if you know what I'm saying. It's better than I'm yeah. the working years. Anyway, come meet CFP Chad Burton Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar Thursday, July 11th. This is going to be a pretty complicated event, but it's going to be fast. It's going to be digestible, but... When you start talking taxes, Chad, we got about a minute. It gets kind of complicated because everyone has a different tax bracket and different write-offs and different number of dependents. Thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of all the events we do, whether it's the 10 pillars or any of them, this is the most technical one. This is the most okay. bullet shot, very specific examples based on the, the tax cut that happened in 2017. And the reason why is because it's only going to be here at the, at the most to 2026. It's all probably going to get wiped out based on current law that it all goes away, unless our economy grows at 3.5%, So you have these awesome opportunities for Roth conversions and lower taxes for a long time if you do things the right way between now and 2026. So it's a really short window that we have in terms of planning. So people can sign up for the event Thursday, July 11, 630 at the Elks Lodge. It is retirement income and tax planning. Go to newfocusfinancial.com. There's a contact page. There's an event page. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. You say... Social Security and retirement, I say tomato. I'm not seeing Social Security and retirement as a big thing for me, especially not having developed a budget taste for living in the state of California. So bring in CFP Chad Burton. We're going to be talking directly with him July 11th at a seminar in Palo Alto. It's a great way to put a face to the name, to the voice. Um, You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Hit the event page. Look at the event. Take a look at it. Take a look at some of the downloadables. If you want to go to the event, go to uh, use code RADIO25 if you've never been. It's a good event. Um, Chad, let's talk a little bit about the seminar, I think. Choosing where to pull money out at retirement is a pretty big deal. I have a 401k. I've got a regular account. I've got a IRA, but not much money in it. Um, that's going to be a kind of a tough decision for me. Um, I get to have the cash kind of on the sidelines two or three years, three or four years, whatever is appropriate for me or you. Um, what else do I need to think about here? And like, how do I go about making a plan? Well, you know, so most people will get to retirement, and they have kind of different pots of money, right? You've got your cash in the bank that if you spend that, it's, there's no taxes at all, right? It's already, it's already taxed. You might have a brokerage account or a mutual fund account like at Vanguard or somewhere else with you or your spouse where you put money in outside of retirement accounts, and if you sell those assets, you'll pay capital gains on the growth. So that's one tax bracket. That's very different from the taxes that your money, when you pull it out of your IRAs, your 401ks, your 403bs, that's a totally different. That's an ordinary income tax bracket. 
Um, then there's tax-free municipal bonds, and there's just all these different ways that you can pull money out. And every year you're in retirement, you're going to say, okay, where's my income going to come from? I used to get this automatic paycheck. Now I got to create my own automatic paycheck. And you take this route, like, you know, Susie Orman used to talk about, oh, put off pulling money out of your IRAs for as long as you possibly can because it's tax deferred. Well, that's horrible advice. Because if you do that, you hit 70 and a half and you have to pull out what's called required minimum distributions at 70 and a half. And if you let those IRAs continue to grow and grow and grow, um, you can become what's called what this guy. There's a guy on PBS called Ed Slot, a CPA, that calls IRAs ticking tax time bombs. So if you let them defer and defer and defer, and you never pay taxes on it at 70 and a half, you can have a really bad tax situation where you're forced to pull all this money out at a much higher bracket than you used to be because you didn't do things the right way. So if you blend income from your IRAs, 401ks, your Roths, your stock sales, your mutual fund sales, and we give examples at the event of six-figure income at less than a 12% effective federal bracket if you do things the right way. So, and then that idea that you got to get through good markets and bad markets. I mean, we've been talking about three years worth of portfolio draws and cash since we've been doing radio in 1999 together, Rob. So, it's worked twice, right? To say 2000 party like it's 1999. It's, it's um, you know what I want to say about that, Chad? And this is just, I almost feel blessed that I'm an investor because it's really been a good 25 years to invest. Yeah, there's been some down hiccups and some down markets, but this is unprecedented. The first half of this year, up 17%. It's unprecedented. Um, how does that factor into your retirement planning and income planning? Because it's been good. It's been it's been really good. And just think about what we've been through together. We went through the year 2000 when everybody thought computers and everything was just going to shut down as soon as the <laughs> midnight came, right? Do you remember that? I do. The tech bubble... And then the greatest recession that this country's had since the Great Depression. So, and what I always talked about is that you're going to be fine in the stock market as long as you're not forced to sell. Everything will recover. Sometimes it takes, like this last one, a couple of months. Sometimes it takes a few years, like 2009 all the way to 2013 or so, for the market to recover on that one. As long as you have cash and income from your portfolio, you're, you're going to be okay as long as you're not forced to sell. That's why you use three years' worth of portfolio draws in cash between that and the dividends and interest that your stocks and bonds earn, no matter what the market is doing. You'll be able to get through recovery phases, so you're not forced to sell. But this is a perfect time. You're talking about the market where the S&P 500 is expected to grow revenue at about 4%, earnings at about 5 to 6 depending on what projections you look at, yet the market is up huge. So if you're retired and you've spent some of your cash, right now you should be thinking about, oh, I should peel some of the growth off this market and replenish the cash that I've spent so I'm always preparing for the next rough market. 70% of the time, the market's awesome, and we're loving it. 30% of the time, the market's negative, and as long as you're not forced to sell because you've got some cash and you've peeled off some growth, you're going to be just fine. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty intimidating stuff. Talking about the seminar that's coming up, is there anything else that we need to know that you're going to be highlighting or uh, of note? Yeah, yeah. The, the big one is just the idea of dealing with that taking tax time bomb or your IRAs and tax time bomb. under this new yeah, hitting seven and a half, being forced to pull money out. And so if you do the proper long-term projections that a financial plan should cover, um, you'll know what your tax brackets are, and then you'll know how much you should be converting from your IRAs and 401ks to your Roth every year in retirement. 
And a good time to do it is when the market does take a dip. Those are years where you might do large Roth conversions. So we're going to cover how you create large tax-free investment accounts under this new tax cut. And there's a lot of opportunities to take good income at a low rate and get money from your IRAs and 401ks over to a Roth at a low rate so that they grow tax-free for the rest of your lives and the rest of your family's life, really. I've plugged the seminar so far. We've got about a minute and a half. Do you want to plug it? I would, I, so this is going to be, again, it's pretty intense, but it's, it's very specific on where you blend your income in retirement from all these different accounts that you might have. How long is your money going to last? We deal with other costs, like how do you deal with long-term care and all these other estate planning issues that you might need to think about in retirement. So um, it's definitely the most uh, intense and technical class that we do. And if you're within 10 years from retirement, you think you have enough to retire in 10 years, that's the event for you. Thursday, July 11th, Elks Lodge on El Camino Real. Easy parking, cheap parking. It's free. Uh, it's in Palo Alto. Registration is $25. You can go to newfocusfinancial.com. Hit the event page. There you'll see that you can sign up for a podcast with Chad, or you can read some of the blogs, or you can sign up for the event, see the event. Um, it will sell out, so go sooner rather than later to newfocusfinancial.com. Hit the event page. Use the code RADIO25. It's July 11th. It's a Thursday, 630 to 830. Get there a little early just in case there's traffic, but it's a great place. We'll see you then. Thanks, Chad. It's CFP Chad Burton. Find him at newfocusfinancial.com.